Welcome to Unbreakable Spirit, stories of inspiring and thriving with Jennifer Seven, co-author of a book that is part of the Sisterhood Folios, a number one international bestseller. This is a podcast about real women who've overcome tremendous obstacles and come out on the other side to thrive. Whether their hardships were financial, relational, or health, these women dug deep and found the light out of the dark to rise from the ashes, to find the ability to forgive, to love, and to live an authentic, joyful life. Now, here is your host, Jennifer Seven. Welcome to Unbreakable Spirit. I am honored to have a very special guest today, Susan Burrell. Let me tell you all about Susan. Susan is the author of Live Your Empowered Life, a 30-day journey book, which we'll be talking more about. And she has a thought-provoking podcast called Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell that can be found on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and all of the other popular podcast platforms. And you can find it on her website as well. She also has guided meditations, which are accessible through the Insight Timer app. So let me just tell you a little bit more about Susan and and welcome, Susan. We're happy you're here. (laughs) Susan is a feisty Scorpio and I know you all can't see her, but she was born with red hair to back it up. And she has navigated life by learning how to listen within to that divine urge that keeps pointing her in the direction of her life's purpose, even when she can't see the road ahead. She is an intuitive healer and spiritual guide in the crossroads of life, has a master's degree in consciousness, which I'd be curious to learn more about that. And she's been counseling and supporting people and transforming from the inside out for over 25 years. And you can bet her methods are proven because she has lived this journey to empowerment. Welcome, Susan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. It's always, it's always fun for me to hear that. Uh, you know, it's a good reminder that, that of who I am. You know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm so happy to have you here on Unbreakable Spirit. And, and our mission here is to share our stories of the tough times, the difficult things that we've had to go through and survive to get us to where we are now. And I know you have a story. So let's jump into your story. Okay. My story. Hmm. Well, we talked about this. You know, mm-hmm. which one do you want to hear? But because uh, <laughs> we all have stories, <laughs> we all have stories. Well, you know, when we've lived a certain amount of times, decades, then there's just a plethora of stories, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's fascinating to watch the, the people in their twenties and thirties navigate life because the stories keep adding up. And they, you know, when I used to think when I got through one of my traumas or stories or whatever. Okay. I'm good to go. That, that I did it. I, I did that one. And then, you know, life goes on and then you get another. Mm-hmm. So, um, the current story I'm running actually it's, it has a happy ending. So that's, that's a good thing. But my challenge and trauma was having going through divorce after 28 years of marriage. And I didn't realize what what I was, had been living with for 28 years until way after I got divorced and somebody introduced me to the truth about narcissism. And I suddenly realized, I mean, she described my marriage, 
my relationship with my ex-husband to a T. And I realized that that's what I had been living with. And the more I, I, it was actually really helpful because the more I investigated what narcissism is, what narcissists do, why they do it, it, it was uh, helpful for me to then begin to heal on a whole nother level. But when I went into divorce, so here's one little story. Okay. So Jennifer, so son was turning 18. He was graduating from high school. My ex-husband. So he's an ex at, at this point. He was an ex. An ex. He will okay. be, I'm trying to ex him for the rest of my <laughs> eons on, you know, but I, I, I've just recently learned I can't do that. My ex-husband at the time was currently in having an affair. I knew, I knew it. Of course he lied about it. Um, this was part of the, it happened numerous times during this 28 years. And basically he said, you know, I think we need to go to marriage counseling. Now we've been in, we had been in marriage counseling a few times. He would always last maybe two, three sessions until he felt like he was good to go. Okay. And got and, you back but, where he wanted you. He right, got you back in I your was, place. Mm-hmm. Right. And I had to stay in counseling because I was like, we're, we're not good to go. This isn't good. So at the end of, you know, as my, it got closer to my son's graduation time. My, my husband at the time said, we need to do counseling. And I walk into this counseling session with this woman. I was like, all right, I'll go. And the woman basically said, well, we're here because you are the problem to me. And I'm like, well, this is a therapist. (laughs) That's kind of unusual. I did not like her immediately. And I am feisty and a Scorpio took her on. And (laughs) I have a mat. I do have a master's in consciousness. I counsel people. I know what I know what happens in sessions. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, you are, this is not okay because you, that's one-sided and you're not here to help me. You think you're here to help him. So during the course, I think we saw her, at, I don't know, eight times. During those eight times, she eventually got that it was him. And we had like two or three sessions where she kept saying, you have one foot out the door are you having an affair? And he would she, deny it. Oh, she, so she would call him on it. And of course he denied it, of course. So all sorts of stuff was happening. My son graduates. I'm heartbroken. I, one night, no, my husband was gone at a family reunion. And I, I, one night I, I just was crying myself to sleep and waking up and, oh, what can I do? I, it, it, you know, what can I do to change, to make this better? And I woke up one night and I heard clearly it's over. It's complete. This relationship is complete. And I was like, okay, I didn't know what I was going to do about that. Right. right and the next right. day, the next day I had a, a massage scheduled to help me with all this emotional upset. And the masseuse had on Deepak Chopra, who was chanting affirmations, you know, when you walk in the door. And so I put my face in the, you know, the face cradle. I'm laying down and I hear, I trust the unknown. I relinquish the known and I live in infinite possibility. So for an hour and a half, uh, that's what's going through my head. I mean, she just pummeled that into every cell of my body. And the very next day, 
some of my in-laws are calling me saying, did you know this? Did you know that? Did you know this? Did you know that? And I was like, uh, these, these are things about your husband that they're decided and, and funny how they just decided then to tell you all these things. Well, because he'd just been at a reunion and he was talking about oh, right, right. this affair and, oh, oh, really? and how he's going to leave me and marry her and da, da, da. And I, and this one in-law is like, D- I, he's having an affair. I said, I know he's, he wants to divorce you. I said, probably. And blah, blah. And then he got to, and he's hiding money. I went, all right, that's it. Uh-oh, that's went big. And hired, went, hired a lawyer. I haven't told anybody this story on air. Hired a lawyer the next day. And in I walk with my little Target special dress on because I had been told that's what we could afford. And my little crate full of all my papers. And the lawyer looked at the tax returns. He's like, oh, yeah, nope. It's wow. you. Yeah. So... My husband came back from this trip. I told him I filed for divorce and the lawyer suggested I take half of our money out of our account, which just freaked me out. I felt so horrible, so guilty. He said, take it out because as soon as he, he knows you're yep, divorcing him, he'll, he'll take it. Mm-hmm. He'll close everything down. I was like, no, he won't. <laughs> I know we're so naive, no, aren't we? <laughs> he's my best friend. And I'm shaking the poor guy at the bank. I'm shaking so badly because I'm making this choice and doing because you, it, right? you feel like you're doing something so illicit, right? Right. And betraying him and that, 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 Oh my God. So anybody listening to this, if, if this is the, what, what you're going through, follow directions mm-hmm. because I felt so guilty. I put some of the money back and sure enough, he closed oh, no. all the accounts <sighs> yeah. and, and I'm like, and left me with the mortgage. Oh, nice. Yeah, great. That, so it became very contentious, this divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, and during the course of it, I realized meeting other divorced women who were still embittered and, and, and just angry and upset. And I thought, I don't want to be that person. I got a second half of life. I was in my uh, early 50s. And I'm like, I got a second half of life. I want I want happiness. I want to be happy. And so the court, the, the, the divorce, I can now say, I can now say Jennifer, the divorce is, was a gift to me because I realized I didn't know myself. I I got married at 25 and I, I still hadn't defined who I was, who Susan was. I was busy looking for the husband that I had been kind of subliminally told you're supposed to do, you know? And uh, so not knowing who I was, I, I realized I didn't love myself. Any self-esteem had been completely dismantled and thrown out. That's what happens when you're with a narcissist. They, their self-esteem is so low that if you have any, they want to wipe it out so they can be, be elevated over you. Exactly. Honestly. So I, my mission through divorce was going to be to learn how to love myself more than I ever had to learn how to respect myself, to look at the work I had been doing already, which I, this is what I, I'm still doing. All the, the classes I've created, the people I've helped in counseling, the, just, just all of it. And realize I, I have a good body of work. I, I'm really good at what I do. I, I never would have been able to say that years ago, ever, ever, ever. So learning to love myself. And then during the course of it, get this moving into thriving 
during the course of the divorce, I realized I had to clean out my internal, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual bodies. I had to clear out the muck, the -hmm. garbage. And I had belief systems from family of origin time, but also from my ex, you know, you're not good enough. You're this. It's 28 years. Oh my God. That's, that's longer than the time you were with your parents. Exactly. And, and so I had to clear those things out. I had, and some of them, when you're looking at your beliefs that have kept you stuck or have created circumstances that are harmful to you, you, you really got to take them out and look at them, shake them off and go, okay. And do I want to keep this one? Mm -hmm. Maybe they serve you. I I doubt it. But to really figure out what are the beliefs I believe about me and what are the beliefs I want to change? I want to eradicate, change, move away from all that. So I did a lot of that during the course of my divorce. And I did that by learning how to do EFT, the tapping technique. Yeah. Uh, and, And that helped tremendously because whenever I was in a tizzy, whenever I was in rage, I could tap and it would neutralize the emotion enough so I could think straight. You know, and, I remember. And I was just going to say for our listeners, just, mm-hmm. can you tell them what EFT is? So emotional freedom technique, it's called tapping. There's some really good people that are teaching how to do it, but it is about tapping. So Our bodies are energy systems, electrical energy system, but in Chinese medicine, they know that we have meridians or chi Mm -hmm. flowing through us. And in Chinese acupuncture or acupressure, there are certain points on the body that will align, release all, all that stuff. And so on the head and the face, there's acupressure points and you tap on those while you're saying out loud the story, the thing that has you angry, pissed, whatever, sad, guilty, any of these negative emotions, you can tap on that. And what you'll find as you're saying it over and over, this is, this is what I think about myself or the situation or that person, the energy of the emotion begins to neutralize. And once it neutralizes, then you can tap in what you want positive thoughts affirmations i'm big on affirmations i in fact my book i wrote has a bunch of affirmations i wrote and worked while i was going through divorce which is why i know they work because mm-hmm. i worked them man i was like i'm going to be healthier happier than ever before and so you tap in that so the, so that was one of the tools i used but i also journaled a lot but not journal to run the story of, you know, he done me bad, but mm-hmm. journaling to get the muck out of my out. brain, to get the story out and, and then close the book. I, mm-hmm. And I have not read, read any of those journals. It's not for you to go back and go, Oh, I remember when he treated me like shit. No, yeah. no, maybe, maybe you need to have a burning ceremony. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I also found that my, that I, I, I lead meditations. I have a, a, a gift of just creating a guided meditation on the, in the moment when my clients come to work with me, oftentimes they can't, they are afraid to look at why they came. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're afraid of the issue 
They'll talk their story around the issue and I'll be led to do a guided meditation that helps them get to the issue. And is that because it's so painful or just difficult or they might have to do something about it if they, Oh yeah. Painful, difficult. And you might have to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And terrifying, terrifying. Yeah. Well, it was for me, but I'm kind of the proof of the proof is in the pudding or whatever they used to say. Why? I don't know. But <laughs> I, I am kind of that because life had gotten to such a painful level while I was in that relationship that I knew I had to do some deep work. And so I had to face fears. I had to face. So one day I'm, I'm in my kitchen sorting divorce papers, you know, all over my countertops. And I was overwhelmed with a sense of shame. Mm-hmm. And and often people that are do, we, do they call them survivors, Jennifer of narcissists? Uh, survivors I'll go of with divorce. That. I'll go with survivors. It. <laughs> okay, survivors of narcissism uh, often feel pain, uh, shame, because we've been told for so many years that we're the problem, we're the issue. I didn't know this. All I felt was this yucky, sit to my stomach feeling of shame. And so me being me, I, I walk into my meditation room, sit my butt down and I'm like, all right, let's deal. What is this? Let's look at it because I can't move. And I saw myself in a room, blank walls, but covered in this stick, uh, sticky, um, mucky black stuff that was shame. And so I know how to uncreate that image. So I began just erasing the shame off the walls, just erasing it, erasing it, erasing it up in the corners, everywhere until it was a clean room in my, within myself of shame. So let's, let's talk about the shame for just a second. Do you, was the shame that you stayed in the marriage? Was it that you didn't recognize it or that you left? Leaving was the best thing I ever did, but Mm -hmm. no shame that I stayed in the marriage, shame that I said yes to it when I knew it wasn't the relationship for me. Red flags that you yep. ignored. Yep. He pursued me. Mm. I didn't want, want to even date him. And he pursued me. This is what they do, everybody. If you are at all bright and shiny light in the world, if you are empathic, if you're just a very kind, compassionate person, you've got to be aware of the people that, begin to come towards you because you're attracting again it's an energetic attraction and, and they want a, and, they want a piece of your light right 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 they want it well they want to suck you dry they want to mm. they want to take all that energy because otherwise they're they're a black hole so yeah shame about all that and and that I had multiple exit points during that relationship and I never took them So once I cleared the shame, I I could get up and function, but it took a, it took a long time for me. I, I also broke out in hives for a year Mm -hmm. from my eyelids to my ankles. I did. I'd never had a hive before in my life. I didn't even know what it was. And of course, regular doctors, I went to like four dermatologists and nobody could help right. me. I, Take I some just, Benadryl or they want to put oh you on uh, steroids, which yeah. all that stuff. But it wasn't, it wasn't a physical, it was a physical manifestation of an emotional pain. And it was all my unexpressed rage 
for probably all my lifetime that was literally coming out my pores. Oh, that's literally. so interesting that it was it was the rage that was coming out because you'd suppressed it. You had suppressed it. You can't have rage because you just can't. No, because he'll rage bigger than me. And you mm-hmm. know, and 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 because the and the rage was was really about being having been lied to so many times, having been gaslighted and not knowing it so many times, having been uh, having my esteem, the little bit I had going into the marriage completely dismantled. That was all the rage. Well, talk about, this might be a good point to talk about when in your early 30s, you became very sick. Because I wasn't listening to myself. And I think I knew, I mean, I knew I should never have dated the man. But then when we got married and it was kind of a fairy tale thing. In the beginning, in the beginning. Yeah, (laughs) which they really are good at making it a fairy tale wonderland. Um, About two or three years in, he was already having it his first affair on me. So anyway, I remember talking to my mom and I'm like, I don't know what to do. I made these wedding vows. I really thought we were soulmates. So you knew about the affair. I guessed it and he completely denied it. Of course. Right. And it was my problem. I needed to trust him. So here I am now, I've now given what any little monochrome of trust I had to him He's asking me to trust him. If I love, if you love me, you'll trust me. Really, everybody watch out for those kind of phrases. So what happened is I stopped trusting my intuition. My intuition knew. Yeah. There wasn't any like physical evidence, but my intuition knew. And, and so I, I just decided I'll stay. It's a one-off, right? Maybe not. And so listeners, listen to your gut. Oh <laughs> my God. Gut your gut, your heart, you're not crazy. You're not crazy. Um, so what happened is over the course of the next few years, I began to get very ill. And I thought at the time, I thought there were logical reasons for this. Like I had been given erythromycin as a teenager and it created candida in my body. Now, I what happened, everybody, is I was on a course to become a type one insulin dependent diabetic and didn't know it. And candida is a, is a, is a red flag. If you've got candida in your body, you've got to start watching what you eat because it's a red flag for being, becoming diabetic. So I was just getting sicker and sicker. And I was working on Uh, at the time I was working in Hollywood as kind of like a children's coach on set on sitcoms. Mm -hmm. And, and so I was on this set and I would have to sometimes be in front of the camera and, and I was just getting thinner and thinner. And at the time I thought, Oh, this is good. I (laughs) went back to work. I don't have to, you know, I'm losing weight and I'm, and I don't have to go to the gym to do it. Yes. As women, we always need to lose weight. (laughs) Yes. Always. And But then I was eating like full man meals three times a day because I just was, what was happening is I was starving figuratively and literally. And so anything I put in my mouth, uh, it it just, my body couldn't get the nutrients out. And and so my body started eating all the fat and and then then once muscle and then muscle. And so I went, I was like, I was sticking bones. Mm-hmm. And 
I, I remember one day I was walking to my car and, and I had to go up a flight of like four steps to get into the parking structure. I had to sit down after two steps. I was, it was you were so too weak. much because yeah. I had no muscle. But one day I was, I was in front of the camera doing what I, what I did. And um, everybody in the director's booth saw me and the director who was sort of a friend of mine at the time came out and she pulled me aside and she goes, there's something wrong with you. What's wrong with you? You're really sick. And mm. because we saw all saw you and you don't look like you. You're- so it's like that emaciated gaunt look. I, people, yeah. I have when pictures. people are, yeah. have yeah, I mean, you yeah. didn't know you had an eating disorder, but in a way you did. In some way. Was, yeah, well, that's yeah. probably what they were concerned about. Mm-hmm. Um, but so what, occurs is when you're going when you're really getting to the the nub of of it um if you haven't addressed that you're diabetic you go into ketoacidosis which is very dangerous very dangerous because you will pass out and maybe not wake up and um and i was starting that and and the and the 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 symptoms of that is flu-like symptoms Okay. So I spent a weekend uh, sleeping a lot on the couch and just feeling fluey, you know, and I'd sleep for like four hours and then feel fluey. And that night was a birthday celebration for one of my ex-husband's friends. And he said, well, you got to go. We got to go, you know, come on. So come on, you're not that sick. And so I get dressed and we go and they all look at me and they pulled him aside and said, there's something wrong with her. You need to take her to the doctor first thing in the morning. And that's when he finally looked at me, you know, it's like he finally saw me. And so we went to the doctor and she, everything happened. And I ended up in, in the hospital because I was a type one diabetic and I was endocrinologist that took over said to me, you were, you were 24 hours from coma, from oh going goodness. into a coma and 32 hours from death. Okay. That's how dire it was. Ooh, wow. All I knew is thank God somebody knows what this is and now we can get fixed. You, you can know, feel better. Mm-hmm. Right. But the thing that created that or co-created it with me was my un- unwillingness to address what the real issue was. And the real issue was I was in a faulty marriage. I was not being loved. I was not being seen. I was not being heard. And I was being uh, mentally and emotionally abused and didn't acknowledge it. So it was all the stressors of being in an unhappy marriage and not acknowledging it to myself, not listening to myself, not addressing it. And that is a lot of what caused the stress, the dis-ease in my physical body. Because because this is what I know to be true, Jen- Jennifer, is if we ignore belief systems or things that are occurring long enough, it will outpicture through the body. It, the body knows if, if we're not taking care of our inner business, right? I'm talking spiritually. If we're not learning, if we're not evolving, then the body will take up these belief systems and create an outpicture of it. And that's definitely what happened to me. I was not happy, not joyful, not feeling good about anything, especially myself, working my ass off because he also went through phases where he just didn't want to work. 
Okay. You know, and so I would have two jobs without a day off. I went through four months before I became diabetic, working two jobs without a day off because somebody had to. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so that's coming out of that gift again. There was a gift was I took time to recover and I took a break from my jobs and to my folks house. They live in, they lived in a beautiful seaside place called Cambria, California. And I was there about three weeks and daily I would go for walks because I had to exercise and, and I would sit by the ocean and I began a dedicated meditation practice. And were you able to be there without him? Were you there? Yes. Yes. So this is where some healing happens. And I'm a, a firm believer that nature can help us heal. So there you are by the water, which is beautiful. Uh, yes. And so I began to, yeah, so I did, I, I started to heal and, and that's been an ongoing process the rest of my life. I, I took 2021 off last year. I stopped my business, everything, because I was recognizing I was overproducing, mm-hmm. you know, I was working and working, working, doing podcasting, writing, trying to get my book out, da, 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 creating workshops and fun stuff, but I was working so hard and I was so driven that I was exhausting myself. And so I did a hard stop. And I said to my team, I said, you guys, I, I apologize. We just done this huge push to market something. And I said, I apologize. I can't do this. I have to, I am going to have to go quiet for a while. Well, going quiet, I thought it would be a couple of weeks. It ended up being nine months. And every time I checked in, it was like, nope, nope, nope. There's there were layers, mm-hmm. layers. And what I realized is I really, really wanted to heal my body of diabetes. Still working on it, but okay. unfortunately I have an endocrinologist who's you go for it. So that led me on an inner journey of really beginning to dig deep into what my belief systems were. What, what was the initial root cause of not tr- feeling good enough? Yeah. The triggers. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was a fascinating time, lots of Kleenex journaling, but lots of guided meditating and being self-directed and, but also being open to working with, I started working with the elementals. I'd never done that before. I started working with archangels and other angels, never done that before. Always I've worked with my spirit guides, but this, this was something different. And I, so the information I was being given was so useful. Like some of my belief systems, and this is true for everybody that's listening, our belief systems don't just come from the family of origin. They will also come down through your ancestral lineage. And that's, that is so true that we can inherit, inherit traumas and all kinds of things. From generations ago, right? Because it, because once it's, once it's been perpetrated, a trauma, let's say has been perpetrated, then the the individual who survives it is doing the best they can. Right. Mm -hmm. But then when they have children, they're still doing the best they can with this trauma. And usually it's an unspoken, the shame is so brutal. And for women generationally, there's, there's all sorts of rape, abuse, child loss, being suppressed, being diminished, all that stuff. Because generationally, the women that are living now, the young women that are get get to move forward, I'm so excited for them because they 
they're not going to have that stuff. So many women have been standing up and speaking out and, and making men aware mm-hmm. of what well, they the whole, do. The Me Too movement, right? Where yep. women are just stepping up. And, and, and there's lots of really good men that don't even realize that that is what happens to women. I know. You know, I, they're like, oh, no, that didn't happen. Really? I'm like, oh, my. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I did, uh, I went through a process of healing those lineages. And at one point, okay, I'll explain that in just a second. At one point, I was working on self-esteem. Where did the lack of self-esteem come from? Oh, here, up through my mom's side. Oh, wow, up through my dad's side. And I even brought in my ex-husband's lineage. Okay. Because I really wanted low self-esteem to not be passed down to my son and to the generations after. And that's a really good point because when you do this healing work, you're not only healing yourself, but you're healing what comes in front of you, what was behind you, what is on the side of you. It's, it's powerful. Yeah. I, I just learned a word uh, last week, omnidirectional. Okay. <laughs> it, it, go, it goes everywhere. Right? Yeah. When, you, when you really embrace the energy that you are and everybody is, is this beautiful, amazing energy frequency when when you embrace it then it then you can begin to play with it right and 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 work with it and so this became this is what I did I did a whole healing about self-esteem and how you do it everybody if you want to attempt this in your home you can (laughs) what do they say don't attempt this at home without me but this one you can (laughs) this one you can I just faced those lineages. Once I could see, I asked how far back did the trauma go? We knew the initiating factor. And sometimes I could see that far back. Sometimes I couldn't, but then I faced each line and I just sent a frequency of love from my heart all the way up. So kind of like dominoes, everybody, right? You just go all the way up those generations and, um, until it feels until in your heart, it feels completed. And I did that for all of them. And then what I did is said, you know, I am, I am the portal right now. And that's why I'm sending love. But now I'm closing that door. And then I faced the future generations and sent love. So that it so that their their time, their experience will be um, actually blessed, I guess, huh? Yeah. And then do you have to do it more than once? There's so many issues and fragments of issues that stay, will stay stuck with some individuals. Um, I see that in my clients. We'll, we'll do something and they're like, oh, I feel so much better. And they'll come back two weeks later going, you know, I'm something feeling it's this. back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I did have to do it a couple of times um, on a couple of particular issues, but um, really once, once it was complete, it, there, there was, it, it just releases something, you know, it's like mm-hmm. releasing a cord or a string. Right. And so maybe that, like you said, there's a few remnants left over, but the, the worst of it mm-hmm. has, has gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's... And now I know whenever I, when I'm beginning to feel low self-esteem, which I do, uh, I, again, I sit myself down and I'm like, all right, so what, either what just happened or what are you running? What story are, am I telling myself? What am I thinking? That is that. 
that brings up that low self-esteem piece. So, but I also, I also did a lot of, because now, now I'm a, a certain decade and <laughs> I think we're similar decades. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, so I did a healing with each, my inner child, right. Mm-hmm. In each decade. And so, but I did from one to five first. And I did, I, I started by doing the Hawaiian forgiveness prayer, Ho'oponopono. Yeah. That's, that's really an awesome one. Yes. And, and, and using my name, you know, you can use it for other people. Like my ex-husband, I'm making a face. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Listeners, you can't see that, but (laughs) But uh, so, you know, I would say, Susan, I'm sorry. I, I love you. I love you. I love you. I'm sorry. I love you. I love you, Susan, please forgive me. And I did that for a while until the, the inner child would, would be activated. And then I would do a direct work with her. But when I got to age, my mid twenties, it was interesting. There was a hard stop, a heart that, that woman said, nope we're not going there. I'm not talking to you. It's none of your business. I was like, well, how interesting. But the reason why is because I got married at 25. Okay. And, and that young woman knew she knew she shouldn't have, she regretted it and then put up with it. And so she was really afraid of facing that and integrating it. And so I used, I, I found a, a woman who directed me to use EFT mm-hmm. to deal with that young woman, my 20 something to help her reintegrate and forgive herself. And then therefore she could reintegrate with me as I am now. And it, it ended up being very, very powerful and beautiful. So the, the place of having, you know, being sick and then recovering opened up my spiritual practice opened up my, yeah, opened up my spiritual practice hugely. And then um, I've always been a spiritual quester, Mm -hmm. like 18, but that, that time when I was 32 and almost died, it's like, all right, what? It was an aha moment. (laughs) Yeah. And either you're going to, you're going to start living your life or look, you you might die. Hmm. You could exit stage left. And that would be, you know, there was, there was, that was a choice point. Mm-hmm. Do I stay or do I go? And I realized every time, you know, people say, oh, you have to take a shot. I could never do that. I, I tell them it's a choice point. Do you want to live or do you want to die? Yeah, you have and to do what you have to do. <laughs> exactly. And if you want to live, you get over poking your fingers and taking shots. You just get over it. So, so those were gifts of, you know, courage and strength I was developing and, and my meditation practice. And then the same with the divorce, I, my intuitive just expanded and all of a sudden I could, I'm not necessarily clairvoyant, but I can hear things on multiple levels. So when I work with clients, I'm listening on like five, five different levels to what's really being said through them or wanting to be said through them. Or so, and during this last year, because of all this inner work I've been doing, it's expanded even more. So it's, it's fascinating. And those feel like gifts to me. Mm, Oh, they are. They are gifts. I I love the unit way the universe works. It's like, it'll keep 
beat me up until you finally like go, oh, I get it. <laughs> I got to make some changes. And uh, your story is just in some ways, in many ways, so similar to my own. Yeah, having that moment of, is this it? And, and then it, with my own divorce, and then it was really awful, but I found myself going on my own spiritual quest, my own spiritual journey, and then finding the tools to try to mm -hmm. heal yourself. And, mm -hmm. and I had a health issue. My, my liver what really flared up right after the separation. And I thought, oh no, I did not leave this marriage now to have this problem. <laughs> and uh, this is my own little quick story, but I went to an acupuncturist and, and he said, yeah, you know, in Chinese medicine, the liver really holds anger. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. I get it. <laughs> I see an acupuncturist once or twice a week. I have when I, because as I was in divorce, I knew I was, my adrenals were shot. My, yeah. my mm -hmm. memory was going. It's I was so 28 exhausted. years, 28 years mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. And whenever he sticks a needle in and it hurts, I ask him, what point is that? And he said, your liver. I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> tapping some more. I'm just going to tap some more to get rid of that anger. Mm -hmm. But the journaling, I had gone uh, an intuitive at the time. And she said, mm, I need you to work on gratitude because I was angry. I was hurt. I was upset. Everything was falling apart. Everything. And I'm sitting there bawling, you know, just crying. And she's like, I went, this is your assignment. Go home, get a, a book, an empty book, a journal. And I want you to fill it up with gratitude statements. And I was like, really? <laughs> I don't feel like it. But I was so determined. I was on such a quest to feel better. And I did it. I filled that whole book up. And it's those shifts, those things that begin to change. And I say this just because I want the listeners to know there's so many different ways that we can begin yes. to heal. I mean, you doing, so, I didn't know about tapping when I was going through all of that. So that is a, a really fascinating modality. I'm learning more about it now in ways that I can incorporate it into my life. So, yeah. So, but then you get to this point when you do all this work that your, your life starts feeling really good and <laughs> good things start to happen. Yes. Good things have been happening. I I'm met the day after I got my divorce decree, I met the, my current spouse. I mean, the day after now go figure, but the I universe also, is like, yay, you did it. <laughs> I see. But I also believe very much in setting intention loosely, loosely, not I'm going to do this. And, and then you try to force your will on it. You have to set the intention and let it go. Mm -hmm. And I had started to do that with knowing I, I knew I wanted to be in another relationship. So that's, Kevin showed up and part of my intentions were, I'll share a few. I wanted somebody who enjoyed traveling. Mm -hmm. I wanted somebody who had their money handled because I didn't want to have to deal with their, my money and their money. Right. I wanted somebody who loved dogs, but didn't have any because I had two. <laughs> um, I, I wanted somebody who, if they had children, the children were out of the house because mm -hmm. I didn't want to raise anybody else's children, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, somebody who loves art and somebody who loves history. These were all my things and somebody who loves music and dancing. And I even got it down to a full head of hair. Oh, nice. <laughs> I needed to have somebody with a full head of hair. And so when he showed up and we, our first date, we went dancing. I was like, oh, this is, oh, oh. and does he have a full head of hair? Yep. Yep. <laughs> handsome, handsome 
beautiful gray hair, handsome nice. guy. We've traveled so many places. And in fact, we're going to Italy in a few weeks. Oh, nice. So yeah. we traveled during the pandemic. We went to France. Oh, wow. We went back east. We, my life is too short. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to like sit home waiting for some thing to be done. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just not going to. So, and we go to art galleries all the time. And we bought some really beautiful pieces for our home. I mean, it, it's, he's just, he's a perfect fit. And he loves, oh, that was the other thing. Loves and respects me. That's very important. But the very first intention was kindness. I wanted to be with somebody who's kind. Kind, yeah. And he's a kind person. So, Mm -hmm. so again, another gift, right? I had to get through the muck. Yep. To get the gift again. Yeah. So, tell us what kind of work you do with clients. Generally, I work with women and and women who are either going through divorce or came out of divorce and are still stuck or are at like a crossroads of do I empty nest or do I change my jobs? But when I work with clients, it's always intuitively led. So, you know, I can never say we're going to get we're going to do this and you're going to get that. The intention is when I work with these clients is to make is to support them in learning how to love themselves and be self-responsible for that love, you know, not outsourcing love from relationships, but loving from the inside out. Yeah. Because when we love from the inside out, again, it's that omnidirectional Mm -hmm. energy system. When we love ourselves, we radiate that. And then that becomes the contagion. Oh, I love that. Love it. Loving yourself from the inside out. I love that. I really love that. Yeah. And your book, tell us about your book. Oh, so I have a small story about this. I, I went away with a couple of girlfriends for a weekend and it was during a time when my ex-husband had had done some shenanigans and we were being bought out of our company and, and I was gnashing my teeth and crying and weekend that was supposed to be fun. And, and I had started bits and pieces of a book. I thought I was going to write about divorce and coming out whole, but my girlfriend turned to me at one point. She goes, I I don't get it. She goes, and she'd studied with me. Both these women had studied with me for many years. She said, you, you already have a book. I'm like, what? You already have a book. It's in your computer. It's all the work you do. I was like, (laughs) <laughs> you're like, hmm, I, hello? Who, right. Who, who knew? Sure enough, when we got home, I looked at my computer and it was all there. It took me six hours to format it. Wow. So the book, the book, uh, live an empowered life. It's a 30 day journey is a workbook. It's not a read, read the okay. book. It's a, it, it's an actual workbook. So there's, there's, affir- like I said, affirmations I've worked that are in here for individuals to think about during the day journal on, then there's journaling prompts, then there's interactive with my website. So there's guided meditations. You you go to the website to watch a guided meditation, or I have a video on how to do tapping EFT, a video on how to mind map, because during the course of this, it's about beginning part is about letting uh, journaling enough to get your story out of your head. Mm -hmm. So just get all the garbage out of your head, the muck, the garbage uh, through journaling. And often people that have done it, they need an extra journal because there's so much they need to get rid of. 
but then there's then we build up we build our souls soul's worth we build we let go of grievances we build self-trust self-esteem and toward the two-thirds in you get to use mind mapping to rewrite your life purpose so wait by the time you're done you've moved through almost everything so that you can stand on your own two feet feeling empowered and when i was beginning to teach empowerment workshops I had taken the word empower and I riffed on it. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's okay if I share that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So the word empower. So E is about esteem, right? It's building your self-esteem. Do you have any? That kind of thing. M is for movement because physical movement is so important for the body to also release or realign energy s- systems and signals yeah. that we have, but also mental movement, moving away from the negative story and co-creating the positive story. Then there's P for purpose, O for ownership, owning your life, owning, becoming self-responsible and owning your mistakes too. Mm -hmm. Because so many people, if they make a mistake, they're like, I don't want to even talk about it. That was a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. But sometimes you have to really investigate why you made those mistakes. Yeah. And I think sometimes we fall into everything is happening to me. I'm the victim and I have no power. So that's where we have to make that change that we're not, we don't have to be the victim. We don't have to be the victim. Right. So I just want to tap on that just a, a second more because <laughs> yeah. um, many of us, I was one, think that things are happening to us, but things are happening through us, through us, because as individual souls, we come into this lifetime with freedom of choice, freedom to choose. And like in my case, some of the some of the choices I made were mistakes at the time, but yet they were learning curves mm-hmm. for me. And we're here to learn our our soul's actual purpose is to learn and evolve. And what as we learn and evolve, we've got to make choices and thinking you're a victim doesn't help you learn. Right. It doesn't help you evolve. You, that's why you've got to begin to take ownership of your own life and recognize that every choice you make is your choice. Even when you're not making a choice, you're making a choice, right? So, and then mm-hmm. realizing that as you follow that choice to the, the end point or, or whatever, realizing, wow, okay, that was really good. Or wow, like in my case, wow, I almost died. What was yeah. that about? Real, and then investigating it and taking owner, ownership for it. Boy, what you just said that even not making a choice is making a choice. That's, that's another very powerful statement. Yeah. So then just to finish up empower the W stands for wonder because many of us as adults lose our sense of wonder. Mm -hmm. My mind in nature, Mm -hmm. looking up at a big redwood tree, it just sunset, sunrise, right. And, and taking that moment to look at it. And really look at it. And when we can um, redevelop our sense of wonder, our innocence returns. Mm. Because when we have lived life, have lived through traumatic things, innocence can go, can get diminished. And then the next word, E, another E, when I was contemplating this and I was in meditation, I saw and loud and clear that this E was emancipation. Oh, <laughs> I like that. It's, 
it's a big trigger word for people, very mm-hmm. big. But by emancipation, I mean emancipating yourself from your past experiences that are still holding you hostage. When I was in meditation, I saw my ex-husband with his hands around my ankles, like shackles, Mm -hmm. you know? And I was like, no, 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 no. We're done. We're done. Mm -hmm. You've got to let go. So emancipation. And then R is about realize, realizing all of those things that you have now built your esteem and your wonder and your purpose and your courage, your strength, your, your, your inner love. And living from that place, again, from the inside out, from your heart system, not your head system. Because the head is the one that often makes gets, bigger mistakes. Yes, than listening gets to in the our heart. way. It gets in yep, our way a it lot. Does. <laughs> it does. So, yeah. yeah, live an empowered life, a 30-day journey, and you don't have to do it in 30 days. Yeah. And I'm seeing, I know listeners, you can't see this, but she has about a thousand little sticky notes in this uh, book. Oh yeah. <laughs> I did a couple of book studies in 2020. Oh, nice. Is that right? On this, just to support people in completing it because I am, because I do my work, I uh, kind of expect people to do their work. And, mm-hmm. and so when people come to me as a client, if they're not willing to do the work, I, we don't, I don't see them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. If you're willing to do the work, I will hang out with you. I will walk with you. I will hold your hand. But if you're not willing to do the work, yeah. I, I don't got, to, I don't have time for that. Right. So this, that's why I built it this way so that hopefully people do the work. Yeah. So when you're ready, yes, mm-hmm. I'm going to get that book because I, I am just, I really love everything you've just said. And I, I think the journey never ends. We just keep growing and healing and our lives get better and better because we do the work We do the work. Yes. Yes. And, and life expands because we do the work. Mm -hmm. So how, how do our listeners get the book? You can get on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. You can go to my website to investigate a little bit more about it. SusanBurrell.com. And again, like I said, there's, there's videos and guided meditations that interact with the book that's on my site. Cause I, I really am a big I, I do better in support groups and small support groups. I do better. You know, I w- I'm the person that would never go to a party by myself. I always have to have a friend. I have to have somebody there as my safety net. Yeah, you know? Your wingman, right? <laughs> exactly. So that's why I wrote the book that way. But also when they go to uh, my website, I have guided meditations that are on Insight Timer. It's an mm-hmm. app you can have on your phone. So you can click directly through my website to get to my guided meditations. And I also have my own podcast, Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. And you can go to the website to listen or click through to listen to some of the shows. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And I'll put this in the show notes, everybody, the name of the book. I'll put the website, all the links so you can find Susan. And I hope you all will get started on her book to an empowering life. It's super exciting. Oh gosh, Susan. So thank you so much. This has been amazing. And what a, what a journey, what a story you have. And, and uh, I thank you so much. You're you're more than welcome. Thanks for, thanks for holding space for me to kvetch a little bit. (laughs) Anytime, anytime. So (laughs) thank you. Thank you for joining us on Unbreakable Spirit. To learn more about Jennifer and her holistic weight loss approach, visit her website at sevencompany.com. 
That's the number seven company.com. And please join us for our next episode where we'll hear from more women who overcame hardship and learned how to thrive.